to the first episode of A Brew with Chris and Lou. And we're doing it finally. Um, finally got a podcast. <laughs> well, we're starting to record one anyway. I know. Uh, I feel like a bit nervous, actually. Yeah, same. But, you know, it's fine. We're just sat comfortably talking to each other. Your microphone's pointing at your neck and it's really bothering me. It's fine. As long as it just hit it. (laughs) As long as it records my voice, I don't care. (laughs) Um, Oh, there we are again. Um, So I think what would be good is if we talked about who we were, how we met, just to sort of give people listening a bit of background to us. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Our first episode is called... We're coming out and we're going to let the world know. Yes, um, so yeah, I'm Chris Hubbard, um, I am originally from Ellesmere Port, I moved to Liverpool 10 years ago this year. The dark side. I know, <laughs> my family no longer speaks to me. <laughs> and you are? And I'm Lewis Collins and I live in or on the Wirral, it depends on where you're from, on whether you live in or on the Wirral. So, you know, I've got my passport, I'll come all the way over to Liverpool to see you and, and record this. So, you know, got past the tunnel somehow. <laughs> Yay! They let you through. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they made you pay a toll, though. Yeah, yeah. Most expensive thing in the world, but, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um. So, how did we meet? How did we meet? This is um, such a weird story. It is a weird story. It's a celebration. It's devastation. Um, it was a bit of a bit of a weird one. Um, so we met at Image and Christie's funeral um, last year, and you know, it's it, it, obviously for anyone that's within the LGBT plus community, they know who Image and Christie is and was. Yeah. You know, an absolute activist for people who are LGBT+, plus, but also for people who have got disabilities or people that are just different in their own unique way. She was an activist for them. Um, and unfortunately, she passed away. Um, and, you know, the, the turnout for the funeral was amazing. We met at the funeral. Um, and I think the following day, we had the indoor pride celebration. So when, it was like back way back when in lockdown when you weren't allowed to get off your table but you could sit down and have a little chair dance yeah um so no, we was was it not allowed at that point i'm sure oh, it was we, allowed it must have been cuz we i'm sure we were dancing yeah we were sure in we, yeah yeah cuz we did like obviously the week for imagine was it the lisbon um and then the following day um yeah i had work so we didn't have too much to drink you had a tv interview yeah, nine o'clock in the morning. Yay. Um. So yeah, we had any e- like an easy one at the week, and then the following day, um, we met up again because obviously Andy, Stefan, and um, and then we went out for indoor pride. Out for indoor pride. We went out out for indoor pride. Yeah. Um, the indoor pride festival because there was no pride in Liverpool at that time because it just wasn't safe to deliver with the COVID restrictions. Um. So yeah, and then I think ever since then we've just sort of cracked on, gotten along, and. And sort of, yeah, become friends somehow. Bezzy mates, Bezzy mates, <laughs> Bezzy mates, and that, yeah, like a bad fart that lingers. Yeah, well, you are <laughs> rude. Um, so I wanted to start the podcast because if anyone knows me, um, like one, I love to talk, I can sort like talk the ear off anyone, 
but also I think like my journey with my mental health over the last year um it's kind of like I feel like it's good to talk so um I can air any of my views or opinions and it's done over like 30 to 40 minutes a week and it's just nice and nice to do it with like a best mate who um has supported me through that time as well and supported me very recently through a really difficult time um and also to be positive role models for um anyone that is lgbtq plus um and is finding their way through life um yeah um and really a massive shout out to our friends sue and kate oh sue and kate i love sue and kate our lovely loose lesbians yeah we love them yeah yeah (laughs) I hope they don't hate us too much for setting up our own podcast. Our own little podcast. But their podcast is unreal and it will not be anywhere near as good as them probably. But we'll give it a good go. So in case you've got some uh, gays with your competition now. Yeah, um, we'll give it a go. And who knows, maybe one day we'll swap over so you can do one with Sue and I'll do one with oh Kate. My, oh my God, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> we'll do a swap seed. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was going to do it. I was going to do one with them last year. I don't know why I never did. I think we were just all too busy. Um, but I'm so jealous that they've gone to Disney World recently as well. Like, oh, I love Disney. Anything Disney. Yeah. And um, well, their photos and I watched their video logs as well. Video logs. Uh, You're right there. The eighties called and want the language back. Yeah. They're called vlogs. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna get my video log on my television. I'm gonna give it a little crank. You know what I mean? Wind up the telly. Oh my god! Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think it's fun, and actually, I think we're going to look at some fun things. We're going to look at you know things that we're both interested in, things you're interested in that I'm maybe not so much, and yeah. and you know vice versa. So we're you know we're going to look at musicals, everything to do with musicals, because we'll both sit and have a sing, have a laugh and a dance. You know, sort of topical issues like pride or mental health and well-being, and and anything really that is sort of going on in the news, and we know. Right now, there's a lot going on in the news that we can sit and discuss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like to get uh, to get too political, but I'm so glad that floppy mophead is on his way out to number 10. Yeah, well, not yet. Not quite yet, but it'll happen eventually. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll look at things that we like to get up to as friends, like things we get up to in our day-to-day lives, our days off, the weekends, things that we, we sort of enjoy. Talking of that floppy mophead, I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at a photo of him pulling his hair back. I was like, oh my God, his hairline's like the McDonald's M. Oh. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh it's like it's, it's like literally clinging on from the back of his crown. Um, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Moving uh, away from Boris. <laughs> yeah, he's not my favourite person in the world, but I could just slag him off for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, so I guess um, that's kind of what we've got upcoming in our next couple of podcasts that we've got plans anyway like i know that we'll be quite happy to talk about musicals for sure and what we do and what we're doing in the future to do with musicals um in a couple of weeks it's pride so we've got a pride podcast got pride yeah pride in liverpool very soon first yeah. time in three years nearly i know um yeah um and then mental health and well-being which i think is really important as well um just because I think, like, especially as a male, I feel like there's still that stigma for me. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that um, people are so open about it. I've learned to become 
I feel like the more I speak about it, the more real it is for me and the more I start accepting my journey and my kind of, like, my mental health has been on a, a massive journey over the last year. It's in such a better place now, but it's definitely, it's definitely still there. Um, yeah, something yeah. that we need to talk about. And I think it's the realisation of it, and, and a lot of people fail, like, struggle to realise, like, you know, mental health is a big impact on everything that you do, whether it's work, it's life, you know, simple things. So I think, you know, the more we can draw attention to people talking, and talking's the best thing. I love talking. Like, literally, all she does is talk. Yeah, I talk a lot, but I'm alright with it. I'm quite happy to. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah. Um, going on to our... Uh, episode one topic then it's we're coming out we want the world to know <laughs> got to let oh i don't know if there's a copyright claim there probably yeah it's not yeah. more than 10 seconds it's fine <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so let's start with we're coming out we're coming out Okay. <laughs> um, so, Lou, you tell me about your coming out journey. I think my coming out journey is really strange, and, and, and it's not your typical like celebration of like I'm gay and and this is who I am. It was you know way back when I was in school. I think I was about fourteen, fifteen years old, and um, you know I think I went through a bad mental health patch at, at that age, and I think you know that sort of still impacts me now um as an adult as a fully grown adult so um had a bit of a an issue um with my boyfriend at the time that i thought was going to be my boyfriend for the rest of my life i was going to marry them i was going to move how, out how old how old are you then i was about 14 15 so oh, i had wow. like life planned out life was planned out on the back of a, a post-it do you know what i mean uh, <laughs> i was getting married in like the most expensive place and and all that so um unfortunately you know sort of breaks your heart we broke up um I got obviously quite distressed and upset um and it got to a point where I was struggling in school anyway um with the sort of acceptance and stuff like that um my friends and peers knew who I was and they already knew like that I was gay I was attracted to men um and they were you know a majority quite accepting um and then from then on there was an issue we broke up um and I was quite low, and I was really, really low because I just thought like my world had fell apart around me. Um, and um, a professional within the the sort of school um, called home and said, you know, he's broken up with his boyfriend. Um, we think that's the issue. And at the time, my parents didn't know. Well, they didn't know because I hadn't told them that I was gay. So and then your teachers just outed you too. Yeah, so I was outed, um, <sighs> so which isn't. Bad. Which isn't the best, but you know, uh, life goes on and no, it's not it's... happened again, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily enough, it's not happened again. Um, and I don't think it's happened again in that school either because it was a, it's an interesting school to go to. Um, I did leave um, eventually. Um, but I just find it appalling that, you know, now professions I think are quite considerate in the sense that if you are in education, you need to take into account that you might not be out when uh, to parents. Yeah. So, to break that position, what I would consider as a position of trust, 
and to out you to your parents without even speaking to you about it. Yeah, it's well now because of who I am, because I'm a youth worker, I'm a community like a community worker. I fully understand like safeguarding confidentiality and and things like that. And the school, you know, technically did breach you know confidentiality because at the same time um, there was nothing that presents concern or anything like that. So, you know, the school they did breach that and and that was picked up. Um, so you know they did. They'd outed me to 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 my parents, even though you know my mum definitely knew. She'd probably known from when I was born, asking for Shania Twain on tape or CD, and I've still tape. got them albums, still got tape. some tape. Yeah, they were on cassette. Um, so that happened, and that was really my coming out story because I think my friends and stuff they were all very accepting. I was very, you you could look at me now and and think, oh no, I don't see him as that person. But I was quite an alternative. I was the alternative crowd, like the you know, the way you get the little social stereotypes of like chavs and goths and, and the alternative crowd. I was like the, the, the alternative ones. Friend. Yeah, full blown, dyed my hair cobalt black. So it was like slightly blue. Oh, the, cos- <laughs> the cosmic, cosmic blue. blue. By, uh, <laughs> the live one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, dyed my hair cosmic blue and I it was that. as long as like I am tall. Um, so yeah, it, you know, that was like, that was the sort of saving grace. I had a lot of friends around me um, at that time. And, you know, even though I left that school because of other issues and went to a different school, I was still sort of accepted because of being that alternative one. And, you know, I was like the only person that went to school in a pair of Doc Martens. Um, so that was lovely. Um, but that was me. That was me coming out. That was, that was my sort of journey. And ever since it's been absolutely fine. Like I find now, I don't really tell people my sexuality quite often because it's just not a thing of conversation anymore. It's not a like a subject matter that that gets that gets brought up in conversation to say, oh, I'm this person and and this is who I'm attracted to. It's more just. Um, Do you ever get anyone that asks about like your misses? Yeah, I get people asking about my misses, and I had like a, a fun experience that a few a few months ago at the gate. Like I worked for a gaming festival in Birmingham. Um, and the event manager, so um, I'm the sort of volunteer coordinator. The event manager um, put the responsibility of the campsite on me. Um, so the campsite was something that um, was managed by a person called Simon and the, the venue the, that hosts the festival. Um, they used to call Simon Camp Simon, meaning, you know, campsite Simon. Um, yeah, yeah. So then where I obviously took on that that mantle and and um and sort of ran with it and Simon was like oh we can call you Camp Lewis and and I know Simon very well and he he made that joke with like a double edged sword so it's hi you've got the campsite and also hi you're you camp so we can we yeah. can be campy um and and Stella bless her the event manager she came to me about four days later and was like can I just double check are you gay because I'm really I thought camp meant you were managing the campsite not that you were gay and i was like no no, no it, it is it is me being like <laughs> i am campy sometimes but also yeah it, it's campsite so she was absolutely on just on the understanding that i had a, had a girlfriend or a or a, or a sort of an opposite gendered partner so um yeah it does happen quite frequently i find it quite funny <laughs> i uh i love it when someone asks me about my messes um it's like, let me just Photoshop a fellow with a blonde wig on and uh, <laughs> and some mascara or something. Yeah, yeah. And shadow. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's that's my sort of coming out story and, and my experience with it. But let's listen to yours. Oh, oh he's gone bright red. I have gone bright red. Yeah. Got a face for the radio, haven't I? Uh-huh. 
uh, especially since I've shaved my head. Um, so, I am like the Queen. I had two coming out. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so... Does that mean you get two celebrations each year on the dates that you came out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm yeah. just going to make them up what they were, because yeah. I don't really... In fact, I do think I remember around one of them. Well, if you do one every six months, it's a guaranteed cake celebration yeah. at the, every six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Um, so, um, where do I start with this? Uh, I don't... Uh, this is probably the first time I've ever really spoken about it properly. Um, and I know that someone might be very upset with me talking about it, but from our journey with me coming out, um, I think that I can openly speak about it now because they're different, I'm different. So um, if you know me, you know that I lost my mum when I was six years old. Um, if you don't, well, she died. Um, at six, when I was six, she was 35. Um Lou's just looking at me as if to say, as if you just put it that bluntly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, oh, lordy. Yeah, so um, sadly my mum passed away of breast cancer. Um, and I lived with my dad and my grandparents, uh, my dad's mum and dad. I keep hitting my face with this microphone. Um, so, yeah, so when I was 13, um, I was basically finding out who I was, um, didn't really know, um, like, was speaking to friends online about things, about... Speaking to friends online. Now, you're four years older than me. What were you speaking to friends online on? Sure. MSN? Yeah. Yeah, it was. MSN and MySpace? Yeah. A little bit of MySpace? Love did MySpace. you have a Bebo? I did have a Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> and we were on the dial-up. Yeah, rude. <laughs> AOL. Um, so I um, I came out as bi to my dad when I was 13 years old. I would say um, my dad didn't take that too well. Um, it really, uh, what he, his reaction really fractured mine and his relationship as a child and me growing up. Um I found it quite traumatic um, and that's something that I've been battling with over the last year in really accepting that journey. Um, I won't go into it too much but it just wasn't a great experience but I know that if my dad had his time again with me coming out in that aspect he would be very different now. Yeah he'd be a lot more accepted. Yeah and I think you know I'm not trying to because it shouldn't be but I do think that it is a generational thing like our family probably weren't as accepting. I know that when my cousin cousin came out as a lesbian, like it wasn't really as accepted then. Like that wasn't when my mum was alive. So that was two ninety nine two thousand. Um, and I, when I hear some of the horror stories from that, it makes me my skin and my blood boil. Um, so yeah, my dad would agree that he could have been better with that. Um, and that's a part of my coming out journey that um I never really spoke about because I just tried to brush over that um however I had the second opportunity of coming out because <laughs> uh, we never really spoke about that afterwards um when I was 15 and sadly my nan that I lived with was um basically on a deathbed but I spoke to my dad and I spoke to my aunt Michelle actually who you've met 
She's yeah. an absolute gem. She's an absolute party. She's <laughs> the cray-cray one. Um, like the embarrassing auntie that everyone has. Um, but everyone loves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I basically came out to her um, and then she said, well, you should just speak to your dad. And anyway, my dad came home drunk one night and said, I've been speaking to your auntie Michelle. She hadn't told him. It was just a case of he'd been speaking to her about about me because he suspected that about my sexuality and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I I came out. I said to him, "Yes, before you ask, I am gay." My dad was like, "It's fine. I love you for who you are." Um, yeah, uh, and he was a a lot better the second time around. Don't get me wrong, there were still ups and downs. We didn't speak about it for a couple of weeks, but then it was a bit better. Would I say he was great still? Mm, debatable mm. in some of the things that happened. However, our relationship now and him accepting me for who I am, going through some of the trauma that I've been through in the last like six or 12 months, he's actually been like amazing. He's like a best friend to me. Um sometimes we do row as family does um but yeah he is really good yeah and it's like ultimately that love and acceptance is there it just took its time to maybe make sense because i feel like sometimes as well and i do get the generational difference and the sort of the, the lack of generational understanding across the generations but maybe you know it's it's taken time for him to sort of reframe his mind and and sort of and gain that understanding and learning because again that's not an experience you know he's ever had before potentially or or whatnot so i can see both sides of the one thing that the I, coin if that makes sense one thing that i really will always remember actually and my dad met imogen um at teed off in the museum of liverpool i said to my dad right i thought we were just going i just thought it was like an exhibition kind of thing didn't realize this was uh, a couple of years ago didn't realize what it was going to be it was like people doing speeches uh celebrating people uh, um who are trans and non-binary on trans day of visibility um and took my dad to the museum of liverpool and he sat there and he listened to people's journeys and like i could see him like really engaged and like really starting to understand the tra- trans and non-binary community so I was really proud that day because I could see like a shift, a shift in my dad's acceptance, and my dad's understanding of the LGBTQ plus community. So for me, I feel like my dad is quite keen to learn and now is a lot more accepting. Um, don't get me wrong. There are some times when I think mm, uh, like it's hard to forget the like the negatives, the negatives. But, um, and I'm sure if my dad listens, he like he'll know what those are. But at the same time, we should talk about them openly to people because at the same time, he needs to realise and I need to realise that there are people that also have a negative journey through their coming out. And there are also people that have more positives. And I think that our journey together as father and son is actually quite an inspiring one in the sense of how far our relationship has come and we should be like 
proud of that journey together. It's had its ups and its downs and, you know, there's been times where we haven't been very close at all, particularly through my teens. But actually now I phone him every day just to check that I make a joke, just checking in to see if he's still alive today. Um, (laughs) But, you know, what I think that's a really good relationship to like always. I I always check in on him because, you know, he's been through a lot too with losing my mum and um some of the stuff that he's gone through but I, I do love and care about him and uh, you know maybe this is part of my healing actually listening to myself saying some of this journey is actually really therapeutic and healing and and it sort of builds on that foundation of love and and trust care and support that you're building with each other yeah i'm actually sat here with a smile just thinking about actually we are like there is a really good bond between us, um, and I am really grateful about that. I have to try not to get upset. I know. Uh, <laughs> I have to bring in a box of Kleenex next week. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I am really grateful of that journey, and I know that part of my message really that comes with this is is there is going to be someone out there that struggles with their identity their sexual orientation or their gender identity and if anything it's a little bit of hope that things i know it's so cliche to say but things will get better and there are people out there that have that same journey or similar journey to you and to really be proud of who you are like now i couldn't give a shit like if, if like it's true like I couldn't give a shit what people think about my sexual orientation. I'm gay. I am who I am. Not asked. If you don't like it, piss off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's me. I'm I'm really not bothered. And I think I'm comfortable with... I'm finally at a place where I'm comfortable with who I am and, and, and you know, who I want to represent and, and be. And, and I think I'm comfortable. So hopefully this will help, you know, sort of someone that's going on that journey about to embark on that journey or someone that's like stuck somewhere in that journey that it gives them a bit of a bit of light at the end of the tunnel or a bit of a bit of something to go well actually it will happen and it is that cliche of it does get better and and it really does and I think you know we live in such a, a you know there's this parts of the world that it's still illegal and you know that's that's petrifying like there's places I want to go in the world that I can't go because of you know who I am and you know, we're, we're progressing on that, but, you know, for, for us in the UK, we're really privileged to have the, the rights that we do and, and, you know, the access to support that we have, like, you know, we've got the, the NHS and I know it's got its faults, but it is there to help. And, and, you know, there's so many provisions in, in the area. And I know, like, we live in the city region, like the Liverpool city region, we've got so much, so much that's available that we can get support from. There's so many support groups. There's so many, even just the social aspect of it, like, you know, I don't really know many LGBT plus people that live in my area, but I know that there's support groups down the road or there's one over the water or, you know, they're, they're popping up everywhere and, and that. But that is a good thing. I think that, um, I, I feel that, yes, okay, we are privileged, but there's still hate out there. And I think that, for me, I can't speak on behalf of trans and non-binary folk, but the hate and the malice towards those on social media and 
out there in the public through the media and the press it's disgusting like i feel as a white gay male yes i am privileged but there's so many in the lgbtq plus family that aren't and yes we have support provisions but you know the amount of lives that are lost because people struggle to like to to deal with their gender identity because of what they see going on around them yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know one of the big things i like to fight for is is like education and yeah. sort of supporting people to understand and you know it's, it, it all goes in with that bigger picture of like why do we have pride and why do we have other things hold that thought but we'll that, hold that yeah because that'll be an episode in a couple of weeks oh yes it will so we talk everything pride then yeah. but you know that's like the bigger picture and and you know we need to feed into that and you know i'm not you know naive enough to think that just, it doesn't happen in the community either because i know it definitely does you know sometimes. i think sometimes the community as well the lgbt plus community it's its own worst enemy. it's its own worst enemy and, and there's infighting and that again yeah. it sort of destabilizes the foundations that we've built over the years and and actually you know i i can't really say much about what happened in the 80s because i wasn't born then and i didn't live through it but you know i know a lot of the older lgbt plus community that you know have certain opinions that we need to help shift and, and direct into a more sort of you know more understanding limelight and actually you know education again within the community outside the community and sort of reminding everyone that you know the lgbt plus community is here to stay it's never going to go away it's just going to get you know stronger and it's going to get you know sort of on that path to towards equality diversity inclusion and things like that so i think you know getting somewhere very slowly it happens slowly you can't change you can't change anything overnight it's it's an ongoing battle that's why it's been you know 50 years of, since the stonewall riots and my god stop it with all the pride facts we've got, a, but we've got an we'll, go, we'll go and talk about them later <laughs> another uh, day yeah um so um coming up in our next couple of episodes uh, we will be talking about musicals. Uh, we will be talking about Pride. My why, favourite topic. And why Pride is important. And we will also be talking about mental health. Um, so, we hope you've enjoyed our first podcast. Of us two just ranting at each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the sofa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's quite like... I found it quite therapeutic, actually. Like, yeah. And I hope that... You know, we haven't bored too many people and they actually listen to the next episode. But I just think, for me, actually, I feel quite relaxed Liberated and relaxed. liberated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is how the men felt when they did the full Monty and they took all the kit off. Yeah. Uh, but we won't talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right. Uh, now I'm getting told uh, off. <laughs> but you know what? I think I'm going to go and make myself a nice fresh brew. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for listening with uh i am chris and i'm lou and thank you for listening to a brew with chris and lou (laughs) bye bye